skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who just can't quit a man on a different continent. But... Before we begin, love, love the broke back reference. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. We are only here to offer our humble and spooky musings. <laughs> Get it? Love it. Love that we're tied our in the humble Halloween and spooky theme. musings. <laughs> <laughs> totally shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love all right sam what is today's check-in topic uh our check-in topic is in honor of the upcoming halloween time uh we mm -hmm, are going mm -hmm. to look at a list on collider.com that we found of the 10 scarily cute horror movie couples that will make your heart melt uh and we'll rate them. Yeah. Or <laughs> and we'll to decide them. whether or not our hearts are actually melting about these horror movie yeah. couples. I am a frigid bitch. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's get into it. Uh, okay. So, the first one, number 10 out of 10, is Chucky and Tiffany from Bride of Chucky. 
first caveat, I do not even remember the last time I've actively and willingly watched a Chucky movie. <laughs> <laughs> so my feedback is this, is strictly based off of their costuming, and I will give it an A+. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember anything about, like, I don't know, other than their murderous dolls. Yeah, like, I mean, like, that's basically That doesn't it, really right? make my heart melt. Do you know what I mean? Um, they have a very toxic relationship. <laughs> Uh, and they often yeah, like, and they like fight all the time. Yeah, they right? fight all the time, like physically as dolls. Um, and I have also not voluntarily watched a Chucky movie in my entire life, but I have seen many of them because Peter loves horror movies and <laughs> loves child's play. Uh, yeah. uh, what I will say that the thing that is funny to me about the Chucky movies is that Jennifer Tilly plays Chucky's wife, oh my God, right? Love her. And she's great. Yeah. And in the show, like in the movie. There's like a whole thing where she has like also inhabited the body of the actual Jennifer Tilly. Like she has possessed, like this doll has possessed Jennifer <laughs> Tilly, the actress's body. So she like plays herself being like possessed by a doll, which is just. That's genius. It's funny, right? <laughs> I hate the movies. Like they are not for me. They are not my kind of horror. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. I am like, I love the campy outlandishness of it. So like for, for yeah. that reason, the article. I'll say, okay, fine. <laughs> Okay, fine. It's a great scale, you know, answer. Um, the article does say, uh, Chucky mistreats Tiffany and Tiffany sometimes does things that results in Chucky's demise, like sawing off his head with a knife. But in the end, <laughs> these two always find their way back to each other. Yeah, it's a toxic, it's a toxic, toxic relationship yeah. where they just keep yeah. coming back together. Uh, yeah, and some 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 listeners will say it's romance. Some will, some will. And then they'll write us a letter about it and we'll be like, ah, <laughs> Uh, All right. Okay, go ahead. I love this next one. Me too. The next one is Gail and Dewey from Scream. Now, if you, man, if you could just see me, little Sierra in middle school, walking over to my neighborhood movie rental, v, you know, VHS rental, mm -hmm. and being like, I'm going to get Scream for this sleepover. I remember I had, I had like a spooky sleepover, <laughs> probably, I don't know. 1997 or something. And we watched Scream. We rented Scream. I was like so mature and pumped. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love Scream. Me I mean, Scream's iconic. It is iconic. Uh, and I, uh, I don't, honestly don't even remember the logistics of their relationship, but I'm all about it just because I love Scream. It's very cute. It is. Um, what I like about it is that like Courtney Cox, as Gail in this movie is like a terrible human. <laughs> like she's just like, she's oh, yeah. like a tabloid reporter. She's out to get the story. She doesn't care whose neck she has to stand on to get there. But then she like meets this, like this little like boy faced cop <laughs> and just like, yeah, like he's like the one thing that like melts her heart and is like helping her to like yeah. become a better person, which I like absolutely and weren't adore. They married in real life. Yeah. I think, I think if they weren't married in real life, they like, like maybe met on the set of this it's like and yeah. so like it's very cute and also whenever they're like having a romantic moment this cheesy ass music starts playing that is just like in comparison to like people's like heads getting chopped off by like garage doors or whatever like it's just yeah so funny and cute and campy to have these like two people in this yeah. like stupid music play whenever they're like talking to each other can you imagine being chased by an actual actual serial killer in like a Halloween costume and being like, oh my God, is he looking? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, w 
<laughs> I want to say that I wouldn't have the capacity to like worry about whether or not I was like fuckable during, you know, something like being chased by a murderer. But like, I don't know. My desire to be desired knows no bounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is really real. Also, like the zombie, zombie apocalypse, I'd be like, do you want to date? Or yeah. Also, you know, trauma bonding. It happens. Yeah. Oh, my God. For sure. Moving on. Okay. So next one is Brad and Janet from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, A thousand out of ten, other than the fact that sh- they should just both date. Rocky. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not Rocky, um. <laughs> I do really appreciate that. Like that story is also about them, like exploring what it means to be like, their own. yeah, like their sexuality, their like yeah. understanding of monogamy. Like it is. Yeah. They're, they're, they are a bisexual, uh, polyamorous, you know, dream. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I'm really into it. I give them a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and this is your reminder to watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show this Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this next one is very, very close to my heart. And I love that it's technically a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's Seymour and Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors, which is such a good movie rendition of a musical. It's so good. It's so So good. good. So good. So iconic. Suddenly Seymour will forever be... Like the secret karaoke song that I wish I could sing. It's Do you know like, what I mean? It is absolutely one of the greatest love songs in a musical. It is so good. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, mama left early or daddy left early and mama was poor. <laughs> <laughs> I'd meet a man that he'd, I could just do the whole thing. Um, anyway. Uh, I don't really know if I, if I think critically about their, the health of the relationship, I'm afraid it'll ruin it for me. So I'll just stay over here in like la la land and say, I love this movie. I love this couple. I love the people who fucking play them in the movie. It's so good. Her voice, her like squeaky little raspy voice. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, totally. I'm sorry. What did she say? I'm sorry, doctor. I'm sorry, doctor. You know what I'm talking about? I do. It's so good. When she's like apologizing to Steve Martin, her boyfriend, who's a maniacal dentist. Anyway, if you've never seen this, you guys you really think have that to we see sound it. insane, it is, but it's all true. It's really it good. It is about a plant from space that eats people. So What's not to love about it? You know what I mean? What is not to love? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so 10 out of 10 for those two. Um Oh, it's like a 50 billion out of 10 for me. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, okay, Kim and Edward from Edward Scissorhands. Mm, okay, weirdly, weirdly into this. Okay. Weirdly into this. I think I watched it at a, at an age where I was like superimposing myself on any little heroine or any sort of like uh, lovey storyline. Oh you know God, what I mean? Absolutely. And like a young Winona Ryder, like just the perfect person oh for you to angelic. like put all of your identity onto angelic a little awkward yeah 100 yep. yeah 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 it explains a lot and then of course my entire sexuality is explained in me being attracted to edward citizens you know what i mean uh-huh. like, absolutely uh, like a little weird a little dangerous yeah absolutely awkward dangerous but doesn't a little mean androgynous, to be like, you know just like just accidentally <laughs> cuts you when he touches you <laughs> Yep, that's it. Um, I don't know. I can't remember how this ends. Like, he, he runs away, right? Like, he... They can't be together. 
I don't remember the end of it, honestly. I just remember Catherine O'Hara. This is just Sam and I responding <laughs> to all these and saying, yep, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's cute. Remember when he cuts her all those little shrubs, hedges? <laughs> it's Yes, it's very cute and like makes them all into sculptures. Yes, it's charming. And it- yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, this is going to be contentious. Up next from Interview with a Vampire, the movie rendition. Um, Louis and Lestat. Louis, yes. <laughs> okay, well, I do not speak French. <laughs> um, <laughs> haven't seen the movie in a minute. <laughs> yeah, like I haven't seen the movie. I will say that like when I watched... This casting, so the, good. I mean, the casting is, is, is great. And also like, you know, it was the 90s, so like they couldn't be like outwardly queer right like they just had to like have all of this like very obvious subtext around it um and i'm into that and was into that when i saw it because i was like what is this that's happening here i think i am into this (laughs) uh i will say that like i watched when i watched the tv show it was like oh this is fun they're like really sexy vampires but then they were like so awful to each other in their like awful vampireness that i was like that's oh, this why is i said that fun. this is going to be contentious <laughs> because is it nice to look at two of the most popular and beautiful movie stars of the time playing abundantly queer roles even if it wasn't yes it, it's very fun to look at that movie <laughs> however the storyline the book the like the relationship between the two people is not healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like really bad. <laughs> not just because they are vampires, <laughs> not just because uh-huh. one of them like forced the other into a mortal life. Um uh yeah, it's just it's no good. But are they nice to look at? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful men. Okay. Uh so then last one. We've skipped a couple. Yeah. Yeah. So the last one that we're going to talk about is Morticia and Gomez from the Adams family right. and Adams. What family did values. I say earlier? Oh my God. What did I say earlier for um, Seymour and Audrey? Like I said, like 50 billion out of 10 yeah. <laughs> Morticia and Gomez. They knock them out of the water. It's just a perfect this relationship. Is the most supportive, most s- sensually invigorating (laughs) they are in love they commit to each other you know Mm -hmm. they they kill for each other i don't know i'm just guessing you know like i will always what do they say stan is that what people Mm -hmm. say on the internet i mean they used to i don't know if they do anymore yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly exactly uh or ship is that another thing like i ship them but they're already they're already in a relationship so you can't say that you ship them because shipping is when you want them to be in a relationship but they're not in the canon i will always love morticia and gomez oh absolutely always wonderful oh my god and i just supportive loving affectionate communicative husband oh my god i was obsessed with his wife I just love Angelica Houston, like as like a person, like, I think she has like one of the most interesting faces I've ever seen in my entire life. And like her as Morticia is so wonderful. And especially in that movie where they like, every time they show her, they have like the little like box of light on her eyes. And it's just like, this is iconic. Wonderful. You two are absolutely perfect. Change nothing about this. Angelica Houston as Morticia Adams in that movie is queer culture right there. (laughs) I think that's absolutely (laughs) right. Yes. 
It's like there's so much going on that is just like just so her snipping the rose heads off of the roses. Oh my god, it's so good. Her long I just red got nails, chills. The highlight on her, yeah. Oh my god. She and the way she moves, which is like slower and smoother than everyone else. It's so good. I just and she looks so good. And the guy who plays, um, forgive me, I don't even know his name mm -hmm. because Angelica outshines him. But he was like so perfect in like his like glint of crazy. Uh, I just love, I love this storyline forever. That's great. I love ever. it. I feel and like also, I also feel like if we're actually rating the health of the relationship, we're talking about a family that is dedicated to one another who so supports true. all of your, their own interests, who wants their kids to be happy, yep. you know, like, and they're, they're weird and they're kooky and whatever the song says, but they love each other for that. Like mm -hmm. talk about finding your, your, your one true love in, and, and, and celebrating your weirdness. Oh my God. I just love it. I'm it's done. So good. And they um, just like let their kids yeah. do and be who they want to be right and they're they're never like yeah. trying to correct or like change them it's just like oh great wednesday you're gonna be like this yeah. cool <laughs> like go for it yeah 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 all right that was a fun exercise in my adoration for imaginary <laughs> char characters uh -huh. Uh -huh. um okay let's dive into today's letter Today's letter comes to us from Daisy May, whose pronouns are she, her, who's writing to us from the void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I feel stuck. About a year ago, I started chatting with this guy who I met online. I'll call him G. He lives on a different continent than I do. And our relationship has been exclusively sexual. I tend to jump into friends with benefits slash sexual situations very easily, and that's been how I've connected with people the most frequently over the years. I'm about to turn 29 next week, and I've only had one romantic relationship in that time, and really only one close friendship with that ex after we broke up. I started talking to G after I had just gotten out of a sticky, sludgy swamp of a toxic situationship where I had a lot of strong, unrequited feelings. I realized that I could be very codependent and my self-esteem and body image plummeted to a low that I'd never felt before. It took me about a year and a half to work towards a point where I felt like I deserved to give my time to a person who could appreciate me and wanted me the way I wanted them. Having fun with G was supposed to be a pit stop on my journey to find someone like that. The thing is, I feel very attracted to G. I've been very honest and open with him about parts of my sexuality that I've never been open about with other people before, and he's been very receptive and accepting. I feel a rush of excitement every time I see that he's messaged me, and I think about him all the time. He's honestly kind of flaky about texting me back, but when he does, our conversations are amazing. I know that all of this is surface level and I deserve someone who I can connect to and get to know and love and be loved on a hundred more levels than just a sexual fantasy. But I feel like I can't give up this connection. And I've tried to go on real dates with IRL people that want a real relationship. And then it goes so far and I can't let go of this thing with G and I feel like it's not fair to the people I've been seeing. So I stopped seeing them and I'm back to where I started. I feel lonely and worried that if I left G behind, I'd never find someone who would accept and appreciate me in all the ways that he does. Thanks, Daisy. All right, Daisy, thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this question. Um, I know that it 
I know that there are sometimes people in our lives that hold like a, a certain sway over us. And I'm mm-hmm. honestly like happy that you found someone like G where you can experience this level of sexual connection that you can explore parts of your sexuality that you maybe haven't before because you haven't found the right person or the people that you've been with haven't been super accepting of it. Like, I think all of that is really good. And I'm glad that you have had this kind of moment in your life to explore this. And I also know that it can be really challenging to look at something and say like, this isn't serving me in the way that I would like to, but it is also feeding a particular need, or it is also something that really sort of touches me in a way that, that is hard to let go of. And, and I want to talk a bit about like how we can sort of put some of this stuff into context, but I also want to make sure that we're not invalidating the, the connection that you have with this person. Right. And that, that it's not that you're like trying to give up something that should be easy to give up and you're somehow like failing at this, right? Like this type of connection is real, even if it is only sexual, right? It is powerful, even if it is only, as you put it, surface level. And the idea that like you can just kind of drop something like this without some work or without some heartache or without some uh, challenge isn't true, isn't real, right? That's not an expectation that we should have of ourselves. Like, yeah, absolutely. This is hard or this feels hard for you because it is hard. And Sierra and I Mm -hmm. are going to offer some ways to maybe reframe or some practices to try to help make this uh, a little bit smoother, but just want to name that this is something that, that I don't think I want to name that this is something that is challenging and that we're here with you for it. Uh, And we'll get into some of our advice and musings in just a second. We're going to take a short break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. 
All right, Head & Heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, my darling. Thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this letter. I want to echo what Sam said and acknowledge that there are good things happening here mm -hmm. with your relationship with this person. Um, what I want you to do it with me either right now or after this episode is I want you to take a moment to catalog what is keeping you in this uh, engagement or in uh, you know, long distance, non-committed relationship, or, or I don't know how you're labeling it, but like, what's keeping you here? Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. um, before I continue, I want to say, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with this relationship, except for the fact that it sounds like it is taking up space in your life in a way that may be preventing an in-person connection with somebody that you might subconsciously want more than a long distance connection. I don't want to put words in your mouth. So if you feel differently, that is totally okay with me. But it just, as you said in your letter, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're, you've got this thing going on with G and it feels unfair to the people that you're dating in real life to keep going with both of them. So you're choosing the long distance one. And if that's all you want, that's totally fine with me. But it also sounds like you are grappling with this, you know, understanding of yourself that, you know, you deserve constant and present love partnership. You know, you want to build towards something, I think. Um, and, I have no problem with you continuing this relationship with G. I also want to say that sometimes we can only balance so much um, in our energy. And there was a time in my life that I had to choose to close certain doors to pursue my like the longer goals that I had, mm -hmm. The you know, like the 
the doors that were closer to me that would give me that immediate affirmation or that immediate connection. I needed to close them fully so that I could more fully pursue those longer term goals, if that makes sense. So that's the direction that I'm coming at this from is that like, it sounds like this is a good thing, but it also sounds like it is in the place of something else right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Do you feel that way or am I, are you interpreting this a little differently? No, I I, uh, agree with you totally. And I, I, I also think that like this, this is getting in the way of you pursuing something that I think you are at saying that you want, right. Which is like a relationship that is more sustainable than just like a long distance relationship with someone that is entirely sexual. Um, which again, there's like no problem with that being something that you want to pursue. That's, that's great, but it sounds like that's not what you want. And so how do we focus on the things that we want rather than the things that are most immediately present for us? Yes. Yeah. Which is really scary to do. Um, it can be really scary to look connection in the eye or look, um, uh, affirmation in the eye and say, no, you know, I don't want you right now. It can be really challenging to our egos and our sense of selves and our insecurities and our wounds to look at something that could soothe us in the immediate moment and say, nope, I got to lean into the discomfort to find something that will soothe me for in a more sustainable way, like Sam said. So back to my original question, I want to know, I want you to catalog or write down or acknowledge what is keeping you here in this relationship with G. Um, And to me, it sounds like good things, you know, Uh, you feel really authentic, right? In this relationship, you feel really accepted and seen for who you are as a person, who you are as a sexual being. And that's really important. It's also reciprocated to an extent. You made you pointed out that like this person is not consistent and uh, a little flaky at getting back to you, but when he does get back to you, it's really great. Um, and there's obviously like a, sep- a sexual connection here where you guys both enjoy your each other's sexual company. So it's reciprocated to an extent. And I also will say another thing that's probably keeping you here subconsciously is that there are low stakes, right? Having somebody, and I, this is not a bad thing. This is just a fact. Having a, a somebody that far away, um, it's, it's, you don't have to deal with the mess of, uh, waking up and smelling somebody's morning breath or dealing with their family or dealing with their baggage or their work schedule or whatever. Like this is not a bad thing. Honestly, like I encourage people to look for low stakes relationships, um, when that's all they can handle because, or if they just want to, you know, yeah, for sure. because there's, there's, there's no hierarchy in the stakes department, <laughs> but just pointing out that like, that might be a reason why you, you keep going back to G because because you don't have to dive deeper into that connection to risk rejection or complication or, or miscommunication. You know what I mean? Like, um, and the reason why I want you to catalog all the reasons why you're still here is because I want you to ask yourself, what of these things is a reasonable thing to ask of the people in my real everyday IRL IRL life. That's very hard to say (laughs) IRL life. Um, And 
what am I, what is, what might I be avoiding? You know, like, for example, I love how accepted and seen and desired you feel by G. I also think that there is a world in which you could risk that potential rejection and also risk that huge reward of sharing that authenticity with somebody IRL, you know, like that G isn't just G doesn't accept you just because you are virtual and a continent away. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that is not, that might feel really special to G and it might feel very special to your, the story of your life, the story of your experience, but I don't think it's special to him. I think that there are other people out there that will, will love and want to explore this part of your sexuality that you haven't felt safe for sure communicating. Um, that being said, like, uh, you know, this is easier said than done. It's, it's more complicated than I'm making it sound. I know that there's a lot of like sexual shame out there and it is sometimes easier to overcome that sort of, those sort of feelings with that distance that you and G have. But I think that you, could find these things in other people if you wanted to. Mm. I also want to just say, I think your history of codependency might be painting this relationship a little shinier than it is. Yeah. I also don't, I feel like I'm reading into this a lot. Like I'm just basing it off of what you said, but I'm not trying to trash this relationship. I think this could is slash could be a great thing in your life. It also sounds like it's taking up a lot of space in your life where what you're, what you really want an in, an in-person committed partnership, mm-hmm. you know, it's taking up the space of that. It's taking up that time and energy, you know? Yeah. Cause you're literally like breaking up with people because you don't want to give up talking to G, right? Like, so it is, it is like you have identified that it is something that is impacting your ability to have in-person relationships. And again, if you only want to have long distance sexual relationships with people for the rest of your life, great. Right. And they're, you know, the cult of monogamy, right. Is really intense. So I I think it's worth you like thinking about whether or not like in-person monogamy is the thing that you want because it might not be and that's okay. Right. Like that's really great. Yeah. I do want to say that, like, I think what I really liked about what Sierra said is this idea of like naming some of these things for yourself to get rid of the weird sort of like intoxication piece of this, right? Like it's not that you can't quit this man because he is like the most special person in the world and you two are like fated to be together, right? Like Sierra listed a number of reasons why this relationship probably feels like it's easy to come back to or that it is like something that is like sort of intoxicating in some way. And even the idea of like, of even thinking about like the ways in which our brain chemistry responds to the type of stimulus that you're getting from this relationship might be helpful too, right? Like to think about like, yep. yeah, absolutely. I I react with joy when he texts because, right? Like dopamine gets released in our heads when we get notifications from people. <laughs> like it is, it is like literally like a brain chemistry thing that happens, right? It's not that he is like so beautiful and magical that he is like causing this reaction in you. It's like, this is our body's response to these types of things. And I say that because I think it's easier to, to move away from people when we sort of strip away this like 
this cloak of like mysteriousness or like cosmic connection and instead look at it as being like, no, this is a person who is offering me this type of relationship, which is easy and fun and, and enough that I get hooked, but not enough for me to like recognize that there's challenges in it. Right. And I'm experiencing it through this particular mode of communication, which is Mm -hmm. also very much like a, like a gamified sim, like, I get an immediate response or, you know, like I get a rush of emotion when they finally come in, which I wouldn't if I was annoyed that my partner was still using the bathroom. (laughs) Right. Like there's so many different ways in which this the the particular context of this scenario are designed to make your brain and heart go like haywire in ways that getting dinner with someone who you met on an app and who also like makes boxes for a living might not have the same response boxes. right <laughs> i literally one time was at a bar and i sat next to a pe- a couple <clears throat> who were on their first date and he owned all that he talked about was the fact that he makes cardboard boxes like that was his job he like ran a factory where they made different sizes of cardboard boxes and she she was asking him questions and he was answering all of those questions and i was like this is the most boring date I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, why is this man just, why is this man only talking about making cardboard boxes? And this poor woman just like kept asking him questions. That's okay. And maybe she was actually really interested in it. I was like, you have asked way more questions about cardboard boxes than I could have thought of. So I, maybe you are really interested in it. Maybe logistics (laughs) is your thing, but it was, I always think about that when I think about like what a, what like a boring first date could look like. If you make cardboard boxes out there, that's great. Talk about it all that you want. I'm sorry that I, I shamed you in this way. Um, but I I just want to like name some of that stuff because because often I think we get the circumstances that create a particular response confused with the person who we think who we think is like uniquely causing that response. And so when like that text message comes in from you and you get that flood of emotion, right? I want you to like sit in it and name what it is instead of being like, I want you to be like, Oh yes. Okay. There's that familiar feeling that's coming up. And I know that it's caused by like the lack of attention that I get from this person, right? Not because they're right. like new, beautiful and amazing and our like cosmic hearts touch each other when we text, right? But instead, like- I think that is such <laughs> a good, so good, so valuable what you're saying right now. So that then you can, you can make some more informed decisions about where you want to spend your time and energy, right? So you can say, yeah, I'm not getting the zing with this person who's right in front of me in the same way that I'm getting the zing from this person. But that's because this situation isn't designed for the zing. It's designed for something that may be more nutritious, that may be more adaptable to what I need out of a relationship, that may be more supportive in different ways besides just sexually, which is what I'm looking for. So that, again, it's just like taking this man off of the the giant like planet that he's operating on in your cosmos and being like, Oh no, he's just another person here on earth. He just happens to be a thousand miles away as opposed to this person who's sitting right in front of me. I think that's perfect. I think that's so (laughs) honestly it's it, whether or not we are right when it comes to this relationship and, and it's place in your life, what's valuable about what Sam just said, said is how to you know, interpret some of that physical, um, 
nervous system response when we're engaging with somebody, especially when our senses of selves, our sense of um, our desirability, our 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 feelings of our self-worth are entangled with that person's say text message or sexy sexy comments you know what i mean <laughs> i do yes it is it's really helpful for even for me to hear you say like of course it feels this way because it is you know even like the the ding on our phones or the you have an, a message you have a new message alert on our phones is gamified. It's mm-hmm. meant to make us feel like a sense of urgency and a sense of excitement to look at that unread message. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Anywho, maybe some of this will give you some perspective about how to move forward with this long distance situation chip thing. Um, and maybe it won't. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Good luck. <laughs> yeah. We love you so much and we really hope that this helps. We do. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us or if you would like ad-free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, and most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcasts. And remember, sometimes we do have to close a door, even if it makes us feel good, even if there's it's not actively hurting us as a door. <laughs> sometimes we need to close a door to access the right door the door that's farther down the hallway or through another path um it's hard but we are capable of making those hard decisions and if all else fails just break up